TikTok is losing its mind over the Tarzan soundtrack. Mandy Moore is speaking out against having to relive abusive trauma when it comes to interviews. And we're talking with David Mack about Tamron Hall's interview with Sherry Pye. It's February 17th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. And I just want to point out the fact that we are in the year 2021, not 2062, which is what I feel like we're in because the FAA just approved flying cars. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my, see, I am, I feel like sometimes like I'm a crotchety old, like, I don't trust technology because I don't. I'm sorry. There are so many pieces of technology that just like malfunction all the time. And I'm like, you're telling me that there's going to be like a flying car or self-driving cars. No, I can't do this. I don't believe it because, you know, with this news coming today that we are now exploring production around flying cars, which can mean a lot of different things, but it means it's just like maybe not touching the ground all the time. I still cannot trust Elon Musk's Tesla to drive me anywhere, let alone to fly me somewhere. So I don't know. The Jetsons say it's safe in 2062. I'm going to wait till then because it's 2021. But good job, everyone involved. You've done you've done it. You've done it, Joe. <laughs> Stop. You're addicted to that. I love it. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with this. Zach, I already know the answer, but do you remember the Tarzan soundtrack, the one by Phil Collins? It made me gay, so yes, I'm aware. (laughs) Best answer. Uh, Okay, but we know it's like so, 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 so good. So now there's actually a whole series of TikToks on how Phil Collins over-delivered on that soundtrack. This is probably too good. Hey, Phil, tell Phil, Phil, you don't have to, you don't have to go this hard, Phil. This is, this is good. This is good. It's too, it's too good though, right? It can't be this good. This also follows a familiar trend on TikTok of campaigning for an older song to rocket up the charts again. In the Air Tonight peaked back in August of 2020 when the Williams twins reacted to the song on YouTube after listening to it for the first time. And honestly, way to go, Phil. You deserve this. I, you know, the one thing I have to connect this to is that this is the Collins I'm really excited about right now. Unlike I was going to be like, you're going to bring this back to Emily in Paris. <laughs> I am. So Lily Collins, bless her heart. You know, she really did some real work in Emily in Paris, but does not deserve the Golden Globe, as we've seen from the writers of it even saying so. But, you know, her, her father does have the the range and does deserve oh, the so, Grammy if he does not have the Grammy for this. I mean, he better. I mean, it is true. He he did over deliver on this. They're like, hey, hey, bud, this is just a, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. We're good. And like, he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, no. Watch this. I'm going to win. Like he gave he gave us the energy that Beyonce gave us with Black is King. He was like, yes. I'm going to take this Disney project and go way to the 20th degree of this and like mm-hmm. really show up and show mm-hmm. out so we love it love it i also am going to assume that this tiktok is why every white person on the internet now knows rent is due as a phrase because it's oh very deeply God. black twitter and now it's everywhere and i think it's because of phil collins now uh, right? great another phrase co-opted <laughs> you know cultural appropriation in black history month we <laughs> love to not see it so <laughs> all right so Shifting gears here, we need to talk about Mandy Moore speaking out on social media. She shared an email from a journalist who wanted to interview her for a piece, but the interviewer canceled after Moore said she wouldn't talk about an unnamed abuser from her past. 
Moore responded publicly to that email and noted, quote, I have been in this business for over two decades with plenty to chat about, and sure, this publication can do as they please, but the message this sends is insulting and so out of touch with the cultural discussion around abusive relationships directly linking someone's value back to their abuser. She closed out her statement by saying, quote, the refusal to interview someone unless they agree to relive that trauma publicly? No, thank you. I'm about to give birth any second, and I'm not afraid to draw healthy boundaries by here, here for healthy Ooh, boundaries. N- number one, I love Mandy Moore for so many reasons. I don't need to get into it now, but one is that she is a tall woman who wears high heels, and I think that's important. <laughs> it is. It is. Go against the patriarchy. You just went left with that. I did I know, not see I'm that sorry. coming. A I'm tall sorry. woman with heels. No, I love it. This is Wednesday. Today is chaotic. So this is the chaotic energy we need to bring. It is though, but it like it describes her in that you know. <laughs> she like knows what she stands for. She knows what she's about and stuff like that. And uh, Zach, we've both been on this side of like when you have to do an interview and sometimes you'll try and get someone and be like, Hey, we'll talk about your new project. If you'll talk about this thing that we know will do well for us. But this is when this doesn't apply. No, we're not making anyone relive their trauma for clicks. That is so good for Mandy Moore to like put her foot down, especially when it sounds like this wasn't just going to be an interview. It was going to be like a big feature. Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm I'm not doing that. And it's like, yes, yeah. it's a part of her history, but it's a part of her history she's talked at length about and that she doesn't want to talk about anymore because, exactly. again, trauma. Exactly. And the hard and fast rule with stories like this. So I rank this as like, you know, stories of abuse and stories mm-hmm. of coming out, but deeply personal stories that are very much about you as a person moving through the world. You should have control over how those are delivered and how they are told. So if she's like, no, I'm not doing this interview because I don't want to relieve this and you say we're pulling it you're on the wrong side. You're on the Mm -hmm. wrong side. Sorry, Mm -hmm. you cannot do that. You should listen to the person that has faced the most wrath from what they've experienced. So anyway, bravo, Mandy Moore, for standing tall here. (laughs) Play into Casey's little (laughs) metaphor. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so actually moving on, this is connected um, and just talking about interviews and and how they go about but you might have seen Tamron Hall trending on Twitter over the past few days and it's not for a positive reason Hall's coming under fire for interviewing Sherry Pye a contestant who was dismissed from season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race after she admitted to catfishing men and sexually humiliating them it's the first interview Sherry Pye has done since her season of Drag Race aired A lot of people are upset about this for a lot of reasons. Victims have come forward saying they felt blindsided by news of the interview, while other people take issue with the fact that Tamron gave Sherry a platform at all. To explain everything that's going on, we're talking with BuzzFeed's deputy director of breaking news, David Mack. He's the one that broke the Sherry Pie story back in 2020 in a piece titled Drag Race star Sherry Pie apologized after five actors said she catfished them. Hey, David, welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. So there's a lot to unpack here. I want to point out that you broke the original story for BuzzFeed News. But for context, let's start here. Who was Sherry Pie before the scandal broke? Well, uh, Sherry Pye, whose real name is Joey Gugliamelli, is a drag queen, a kind of comic drag queen in New York City, who uh, was chosen to appear on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race last year. And it has been a year since this story now. And now, after we did our reporting and uh, even more victims came forward, RuPaul's team decided to remove Sherry from the show. They sort of recut the entire season. Basically, they'd already filmed it, so they had to kind of edit her out ostensibly. Uh, they disqualified her and uh, it's now been a year. And uh, yeah, as you say, uh, Sherry is now appearing on, appeared rather on Tamron Hall's new show. 
And I would like to give our listeners a fun fact that not only did you break the story, but Sherry Pye's first TV appearance was supposed to be at BuzzFeed the next morning, and she canceled. Uh, so it was a very busy day at BuzzFeed News. Uh, but what were the accusations that came out through the scandal that really, you know, stopped all of us set in our tracks that you kind of, um, you reported on in your story, David? Sure. Well, I spoke to five young male actors who knew Joey through various means, through having worked with him through a, a theater company or at uh, the SUNY Cortland School in New York. And basically they all told variations of the same story that ostensibly they were professionally catfished by him into doing sort of filming themselves, doing degrading things, either believing they were communicating with a, a female uh, casting agent or as Joey was sort of posing as a kind of sort of go-between between these actors and this sort of supposed production company that was said to be filming a couple of things. There was kind of a fake musical version of A Nightmare Before Christmas that was supposedly being discussed, as well as this sort of supposed production of something called Bulk, which was uh, ostensibly a show about a young sort of bodybuilder who becomes addicted to steroids and grows and grows and grows ostensibly just to like comical levels until they're like taking up the room level size. Um, and these actors sort of filmed themselves, you know, doing degrading things with their shirts off, pretending that they were kind of growing, talking about how their muscles were bulging. Uh, and, and some of them even, you know, pretty like intimate things as well. One one guy even told me in the moment he was convinced to sort of strip down, uh, even sort of touch himself and masturbate on camera, believing that this was a kind of HBO level show that he was applying for. And of course it was all fake. It was just complete nonsense. It appeared to be purely for this man's sexual gratification. And these guys kind of had no idea this had been happening to other people. And it required one young man to come forward when, when Sherry Pye was cast on, uh, on drag race and the sort of the name started flowing. And what was Sherry's reaction to this reporting when it came out? So I tried all day to speak to Sherry the day that I was working on that story and so the, the team behind VH1 behind uh, Drag Race and they were not responding. And then just as we published the story, late on that night, Sherry put out a statement basically saying how embarrassed and sorry they were and disgusted uh, he was with himself rather and, uh, you know, taking ownership for what he'd done and promising to sort of go into therapy. And uh, now it's been a year. And as he told Cameron Hall yesterday... He's gone into therapy. And again, sorry to your listeners that we kind of are alternating between pronouns and sort of names here as we kind of talk about Joey and Sherry as kind of two different, you know, this is the same entity. This is what happens when you're talking about drag sometimes. But I mean, I do try to say Joey because I feel like in, it was Joey doing this uh, and, not, and not the sort of drag persona that he had created. Well, we'll be right back to talk about Joey and Sherry Pye's interview on Tamron Hall. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. 
What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com. And now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome back. We're talking with David Mack about Tamron Hall's recent interview with Sherry Pie. So the original accusations against Sherry Pie came to light in March 2020, but let's get to the reason we're all talking about this now, the Tamron Hall interview that aired yesterday. So David, why are people so upset that Tamron allowed Joey onto her show to talk about this incident? Well, I think a lot of the backlash was led by um, one of the victims, Ben Shimkus, who I spoke to as well. I've been communicating with in the midst of all this as well, just basically saying that on behalf of the victims, they were not happy that Joey was kind of, I think it was twofold, that Joey was beginning what appeared to be some kind of redemption tour uh, and that Tamron Hall's show was participating in that. And also that their stories were not being presented alongside Joey's and that, that people, the audience, weren't hearing from the victims. Cameron has obviously, and addressed this in her show, right, that she interviews controversial people all the time and people who've done wrongdoing, that she has a no-holds-barred interview approach. She certainly doesn't like to let people off lightly uh, and that they did try to sort of speak to Joey's victims but that none of them wanted to talk. So... I think people can sort of decide for their own whether or not they think that was a good idea. Uh, but certainly it, it sparked a lot of conversation, including from Jackie Cox, who was one of the drag queens that appeared in uh, season 12 alongside Sherry before Sherry was edited out and who was not happy with what they said. What Jackie said was giving Sherry Pie a platform uh, on national TV to tell their side of the story without first speaking to the victims. And could you talk more about this idea of like platform? Because I think we all know what we mean when we say we're platforming people. But for those that don't understand that meaning, could you like break it down and why with Sherry Pie, it's a little different than, you know, say Donald Trump. So it's hard, isn't it? Right. Because someone like uh, Trump, when he was president, was the president. You know, it doesn't matter whether or not you, uh, you know, if t- 
Twitter sort of ignored him or blocked him or whatever. He was still the president. He was still part of your life, whether or not you liked it or not. Um, <laughs> and uh, his actions affected you. And as a news media, there was a constant, right? You had a duty to tell the public what the president was doing, right? And reporting on the president. Here, obviously, there's a difference when there is no sort of public need to hear from someone, right? And you're making a decision to go out of your way to interview them and to get their story. And you can debate whether or not that's platforming or as Tamron said, that it's about journalism, right? You're hearing from someone who is a very big name in, in the LGBTQ community and for fans of Drag Race, right? This is a very controversial person and that uh, as a journalist, it's it's quite reasonable to try to speak to them and to, you know, hold them to account and pose them questions about their victims and see if they're, you know, they truly are owning up to their wrongdoing and watching bits of the interview that uh, I have seen from yesterday, I think it's it's fair to say viewers will make up their own minds of whether or not they believe Joey has actually uh, learned anything over the last year and is truly remorseful. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about the actual interview itself. You had tweeted that there was a worrying lack of research in the promo or it seemed to be that case. So what did Sherry have to say and how did the interview come off to you? So my objection to uh, a tweet that from the show that went out before the interview, promoting the interview, was sort of them saying that it was accusations, that Joey would be talking for the first time about accusations of catfishing. And as we know from my story from a year ago, it wasn't accusations. Joey admitted to the behavior. There was no you know, accusations. And I spoke to five people and more people came out with the same story. So there was no accusations anymore. It was legitimate pattern of behavior. And I think I was worried from that copy that went out on Twitter from the show, it appeared to not be researched properly, that people were going to sort of maybe legally dance around certain issues. But no, that Joey did admit in the interview um, and said himself, I first want to say there are no allegations that he admitted to his wrongdoings and he called it horrible behavior. So, so that was good to see. And, you know, since that interview has aired, what has been the reaction to it itself? Because, you know, there was a huge response on Twitter, I believe, Monday night to that, the fact that this was airing. But what are people saying now that it's out there? Well, I guess it sparked a debate, right, about whether or not it was a good decision to uh, to do the interview in the first place. Tamron uh, had a special segment on her show, which was quite unusual, watching her sort of defend the decision with some pretty strong, powerful words. And I also thought it was smart that the show did a kind of whole segment on the show where they talked about the very decision that they'd made to interview um, Joey and whether or not that was a good idea. And they were kind of opening themselves up to criticism there as well. Yeah, I, as I said, it's been really interesting to watch. I think we've all been so kind of, you know, traumatized, I think you said, by uh, debates about online platforming and cancel culture and all this, you know, terms that get used so much now that they've kind of lost all meaning, right? That we really have to kind of stop and ask ourselves, like, what is the public good in talking to someone like this? And is uh, that's a debate that we have to constantly have. I'm not saying I have the answer to that. And I think that there's, I can see both sides of, you know, whether or not there was public good in an interview like this. I'm a journalist. I do try to speak to people as well who've done wrongdoing and try to understand what they've done, right? I did try to speak to Sherry back a year ago and to hear from them to work out what was going on. But I think it's a really interesting conversation in the age of Trump, uh, which does not appear to be over, I'm afraid. (laughs) Well, David, thank you so much for continuing to break this story down for us. My pleasure. Well, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember... 
put in the air tonight. Back at the top of the charts, you cowards. <laughs> Phil Collins deserves it. Oh my god, this is now a Colin Stan account. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Certain things just go together better, like peanut butter and jelly apple pie and ice cream, or the comfort and support found in a DreamCloud hybrid mattress with its combination of memory foam and springs. DreamCloud is a luxury mattress made with premium materials at half the price of traditional hybrid mattresses. Perfectly comfortable sleep is about more than just the mattress you sleep on. And that's why every DreamCloud also comes with $399 in accessories. Plus get $200 off a 365-night home trial, free shipping and returns, and a forever warranty. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com and start getting hotel-level comfort and support in your very own home. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in.